0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network, where we take a closer look each week at the wide, weird, and wonderful world of running. I'm your host, Jonathan Ellsworth. I'm also the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Off the Couch is presented by CBG Trails, And the CBG Trails app is the only complete trail map app of Crested Butte and the Gunnison Valley, Colorado. So download the app today and start exploring. This week's episode is a bit of a prodigal son story, because our guest today, Justin Ricks, was an accomplished young runner who walked away entirely from the sport early in his college running career. But then some years later, he found himself drawn back to running, and he left a very secure corporate job, moved his family into a camper, and started to put on race events. And then, Justin and his family kept putting on more and more race events each year under their Mad Moose Events moniker, and as you'll hear, Mad Moose is very much a whole family affair. But Justin and his family don't merely make a living in running, they also live to run, and they literally run together, the whole family, every single morning. And then, despite putting on over 20 races a year in Colorado and Utah, Justin himself somehow manages to show up and nab some very impressive race results when he himself decides to race, including his first place finish two weeks ago at the Silverton Ultra 55K, his fifth place finish last month at the Leadville Silver Rush 50 Miler, and you'll find a whole lot of other wins, podiums, and top 10 finishes of his over on ultrasignup.com. So, I talk to Justin about this rather unconventional and very interesting life that he and his family are constructing. We talk about walking away from and returning to running, the origins of Mad Moose events, whether he intends to put on even more events in the coming years, which event he himself is most interested in racing in someday, and yes, I ask him about those really improbable-sounding daily morning runs with the whole family. And so, here it is, my conversation with Mad Moose Events Director, Justin Ricks. Justin, how are you today, and where are you today? I'm, I'm
1: doing great. I'm, uh, I'm in Moab. What's going on in Moab? Not a whole lot. Uh, it's pretty hot down here and, uh, we're just getting ready for the cross country season. So you're in this interesting position in
0: that. I, I think that I'm inclined to describe you as something like a professional cat herder. And so I think partly for my own selfish reasons, I hope we get into some organizational tips or tricks because I think I could use some of that in my life. But, um, this is pretty extraordinary. I think what your day job is, and I would love to maybe start this conversation by asking you about that. And so to get started, tell us a little bit about what is Mad Moose, when did it get started, and how did it get started?
1: Yeah, so uh, Mad Moose is, uh, we currently have 20 events uh, here in in Moab, uh, Colorado Springs, and the Gunnison Valley area. So we've got We've got a mix of from everything from road events to trail races to ultra races. So we pretty much have everything, um, you know, running, anything running that you could could possibly want. We've got you covered. Uh, We haven't been doing it for a super long time. Uh, We got started, I think 2015 was our first year. So this would be year five for us um and so we we've grown quite a bit over the last few years and um we still have quite a bit of growing to do but it it it's a family run uh events company it's uh myself and my wife and my two children along with my brother so it, it's just the five of us hosting these 20 races and putting our passion for running into into these events
0: let's talk about this passion for running
1: where did this passion first start? I got started running when I was oh five or six years old. Uh, my dad was a runner, he w- we were living in Provo, Utah, which is a pretty big running community, especially within like the road, uh, the road element of it, and, and just, just the community in general is just really into running. And uh, my dad was running with some big training groups in town, and um, we like I said, as a as a as a kindergartner, I think I was five or six. We signed up for a 5K and we trained for it all summer. As I, I mean, it's Provo, Utah, so it was pretty safe. So me and my brother would run to the fountain; it was a mile away from the house, and back to the house every. We do it five times a week as we prepared for this 5K, and um, yeah, so that's that's really where it kind of got started, and it's just taken off from there. So it's been, uh, you know, 30 plus years of running and. And, uh, you know, I've done, I've done, you know, (laughs) I've done all of it. So, (laughs)
0: okay. Well, wait, you haven't done all of
1: it yet. Not all of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll get to that. But this has been one of the ongoing themes uh, of this podcast is I don't know what it is, but it seems that runners are a particularly self-deprecating bunch. And so it's now become this challenge for me to get the guests on this show to talk a little bit about some of their accomplishments. Let's, uh, let's wade into this pool. You know, we'll ease in, talk a little bit about when you say you've done everything, talk a little bit about some of the races that you've competed in. Maybe you can even move to some where you, uh, you had pretty good days.
1: Um, (laughs) well, I, like I said, I've been a runner for a long time, so I really started being competitive in high school, and in the late 90s, I was one of the better runners in the state of, U, uh, of Colorado. <laughs> in the state of Colorado, I lived in Colorado Springs and ran for uh, Doug Hugel, who moved on to Coronado, but is is possibly one of the better coaches ever in the state of Colorado. And, and, uh, I got an opportunity to run for him for a couple of years. And like I said, that, that went well and ran in college where I ultimately met my wife at the university of Colorado in Colorado Springs. And she was on the team as well. And from there, you know, uh, I, I just quit running in college, I actually dropped out of school and did some corporate things and did some other jobs that I had and got away from the sport of running and uh, decided I wanted to get back into it and lost a whole bunch of weight, got back into the sport. And it all started back again, doing ultra events. I, I started actually with the red hot here in Moab, Utah, the the 55 K and, uh, ran that race. And, and it just kind of went to road events where I you know, tried to qualify for the Olympic trials and, <laughs> uh, like 2010, 2011. And then, you know, I kind of was like, ah, this whole road thing is just not my deal. I don't care if I have a chance to make the trials. I want to do the trail stuff. So after that, I put most of my focus into trail running and, uh, yeah, you know, so I've had some decent <laughs> okay. results.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Nope. Let's back this up. What events were you running in high school? I just, you know, as far as they would let me go. So, you know, 5K, which I was always extremely frustrated by, because I always thought if they had a farther distance in high school, I would do better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, were, I ran the 5K, and I was second in cross country my junior year, and my senior year we, uh, I, I slid back a little bit. I had big expectations and run real well all year, but ended up fifth that season. So, fifth uh, in the state. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, so second and then fifth. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And this is just cross country or are you competing in track and field as well? Yeah, I did track as well. And so I ran like the mile and the two mile. And by the time my senior year, I realized I was a pretty decent 800 runner too. And so, um, yeah, I I did, I did pretty well at all those events too, with the high school, you know, in high school and, and moved on to the college level. And I only ran one year It didn't go quite as, you know, it it wasn't bad, um, but it still didn't go. I wasn't super focused on it. Uh, I was (laughs) mostly, I had other better things to do, (laughs) you know, just getting away from home. And so I had better things to do. At least that's what I thought, you know, here I am, you know, 20 years later and that's all I do. So I'm curious if, if the getting over it
0: was just that you were like, man, I've already spent a lifetime doing this or if you were just tired of the competition itself or if you weren't quite getting
1: the results you were hoping to what was sort of motivating that I think mostly was just I ran a lot in high school and I trained a lot and uh you know I was running 70 80 miles a week as a high school kid and it's just not sustainable so once I got to college I could see that there were other people like doing things other than running thought man, that looks super fun. Uh, that looks way more fun than this rubbing stuff. And you know, ultimately, that was I only I, I ran the one year and then I took a year off and I tried to come back another year and I only ended up running cross country and I just I just didn't have it. It just wasn't my deal anymore and it and I just wanted to move on from it. So uh, at that point I was, I was pretty much done.
0: And just to be clear, when you walked away from like collegiate running, were you still running just recreationally or were you like, this is not a thing I do anymore?
1: Yeah, it was just not something I did anymore. Yeah. And then, I mean, I had children at a very young age and I had a pretty rigorous, uh, job, but you know, shortly after that and, and, and did the whole corporate thing for a real long time. And, and, uh, you know sh- shortly after having my kids and they you know started running around and moving around and i couldn't keep up anymore i, I quickly realized like this is just not the lifestyle i want to live i'd gotten up to about who knows 240 250 pounds and just just had realized that hey running played a bigger role in my life than what i actually thought it did As you know like a you know like a <laughs> 20 21 year old i didn't really know at that time you know, how important it played, and and I just I just started get. I actually wanted to do triathlons, and then I rode a bike and was like, mm, and this biking <laughs> thing is just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> You just like the idea of it,
0: like when you saw it in magazines or on TV. You're like, I uh, that's cool. I'll I'll maybe get
1: on a bike, and then you tried it, yeah. and we're like, yeah, no, I think I'll just run. Yeah, I was a big Tour de France fan as a kid. Yeah, big Tour de France. I watched it every year. And I just thought, yeah, like you said, I thought it'd be fun. And it just, I, I, I thought ultimately it'd be better than just getting back and just running. Cause even then, you know, it'd only been like five, six years, who knows how long it'd been since I'd run somewhere in that range. And it kind of was, I was still kind of burnt out by the running. So I thought triathlon seemed like, oh, it's a mixture of all three. And then I can just be a well-rounded athlete and, I just realized I just liked the running way more than I liked any of the other things and that I didn't want to do the other two. And, and it only lasted triathlon lasted for like a month, maybe. And I, I sent my bike to my brother, like, Hey, I I don't even want the bike anymore. I don't even want to be tempted (laughs) by the idea of, and and just got back into the running thing. And, um, you know, shortly after I got done with the bike, it was like six months later that I signed up for the 55 K at red hot. And, and i was pretty much addicted after that and you know i haven't i haven't really taken a whole lot of time since i got back into it until i acquired these events in moab and so the last 2 years i've really had to step back from my own personal running and and put it into my you know into these events and um, but it, you know i'm i'm back at it again and training again this summer and so i'm pretty excited about that
0: all right i want to get some timeline things clear you are working a corporate job you don't like. You said you got up to two hundred and forty to two hundred and fifty pounds. What was your weight when you were running?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm still I still run at probably like one seventy to one eighty at, at my peak in my peak shape. I mean, I'm like training right now. I'm I'm usually like one ninety, so I'm bigger than most people. And you know, it's six three. Um, you know, I'm I'm not your prototypical trail runner as far as like what you would see up near the front most of those people that I'm competing with are significantly smaller than I am so help me on
0: the timeline you are an unhappy corporate dude weighing around 240 250 and then you go and I believe you ended
1: up placing third in your first ultra yeah so help me there (gasps) there was a local 5k I wanted to run it And there was a local half marathon in December that I had kind of like set a little bit of a goal um, to try to get me, you know, going. And uh, yeah, so I just, I just kind of just jumped right back into it and, and just, just (laughs) jumped right back into the Red Hot. So it didn't, it didn't take me a whole lot of time to get back into good shape. I mean, I, I had been, I've been doing some, I'd been playing like football and a few other things for a couple years with, with the guys at work. And, and I had, I was still like, probably like 230, but I was not as bad a shape as I was when I was like 240, 250. I'd actually gotten into decent shape. And I'd been, you know, lifting weights and doing a few other little things. I wasn't running, but I was definitely trying to, you know, like, I was, like I said, playing football and I was playing YMCA basketball and fun things like that. So um, but then I realized that just I just didn't like it either. I just didn't like any of that stuff. So um and I got I when I was 240 and 250, I really liked work. I was really into it. And ultimately running was the demise of my corporate job because what I soon realized was I just wanted to be outside all day. And I didn't want to be indoors and, and, and my job had it to where I was inside all the time. And so I was like, well, how can I get outside? So ultimately, my goal was when I quit my corporate job is I was going to be a cross country coach at the high school level. And I was going to teach math, but it didn't end up working out that way. <laughs> so what year is that? When do you walk away from the corporate gig? Yeah, maybe, Yeah, probably 2012. I just I just I quit and, and moved on. And we actually moved into our camper and we lived in our camper just on the road, we put everything in storage and I, we went to the, on the road. I had like a 9- a and a 10-year-old, and we, we were in the camper. They slept in a tent, and we traveled all over the country. I think we went to 25 or 26 states, and we got up every morning and ran all the national parks, and we just went from national park to national park and visited all the cool trails, saw everything we possibly could. That's really
0: cool. So basically, when you quit this job, you did not – you weren't like – I've been thinking through what my next move is, and I'm going to quit this corporate thing and jump right into the next gig. You were ready to take some time.
1: Yeah, I was. I was ready to go back to college and finish my degree. I had done it for a little bit, and and ultimately had dropped out. And I wanted to go back. I wanted to be. I just wanted to run. That's ultimately all I really wanted to do. And I and I just had a passion for for coaching, and I wanted to coach cross country. And I always thought that. I could always have a successful team. I came from, like I said, Doug Hugel was my coach, and I got an opportunity to coach with him um, in Colorado after the fact. And I just, it just, I just wanted to, you know, I I just like the energy. In high school cross country is, there isn't much like it. So, uh, and and I wanted to be involved in in it all the time. And ultimately, it just came back. I really just wanted to run. But you don't
0: go the cross country coach route, and. Again, if my timeline is correct, you do end up starting Mad Moose not too much later. Talk to me about where this comes from. Where did you get this idea? Well, I,
1: I actually was in Moab for an event, Trans Rockies. They do, do an a run in Colorado, and I'd run it a couple times. And they were looking for people to come out a mark course. And I thought, oh, I can go to Moab mark course. And, you know, be on their support crew for the week. So I came out here. I ultimately met um, another local race director in town. He wanted to be partners with me. So we partnered for a year. It ultimately didn't end up working out. And at the end of the year, we split. And then I started Mad Moose. Uh, like I said, January 1st of 2015, we became official company. So, and it, it, we hosted four events the first year and, and it's just grown from there. Did I just miss how you went from,
0: I'm going to be a cross country coach to why don't we try to make a living putting on running events?
1: No, that's exactly what happened. I came, (laughs) came to Mo and and talked to him and, and uh, he's like, Hey, we should do this. And I'd always had the idea in college that I wanted to own a running store. And I thought if I owned a running store, then I definitely wanted to host events so I'd always had this plan, and it always was Pike's Peak Ultra, the 50 mile, 50K that I host down there in July. That was really the vent that I wanted to put on from the very, very beginning. And so it it just I just kind of stumbled into it. I'd never really had any idea that I was gonna be a race director. I just he was like, hey, we should partner. And I thought, well, I mean, you're doing it already, why not? Let's do this thing. And so I just I was supposed to go to school that January that next semester and I met him in October and (laughs) I did not go to college that January so we we started we started behind the rocks and dead horse together and and we did those together and ultimately kept those when we split up Um, so yeah that's kind of how I got into it and And, you know, and just moved forward. But I did, like I said, I did have the idea that maybe I would like to host events and I thought it would be fun.
0: So I guess I'm curious. I mean, you've got at this point, kids are about nine and 10 years old. Yeah. How risky of a move. I mean, this is not a conventional career right if you're at a dinner party it's like what do you do i'm a lawyer what do you do oh i i put on running events it's like that's not a thing like yeah. how risky did this feel to you
1: i mean it felt pretty risky considering my previous <laughs> job you know i had i had it i had a pretty decent at the you know to quit my my six-figure income to move into a camper and then become either a teacher or race director definitely seemed super scary to me but the idea of continuing to go to work day in day out. And, and, and I could see, you know, what other people above me, number one, what their relationships look like and, and, and what they looked like physically. I just didn't want to go that route. I wanted, you know, I wanted to invest in my family and I wanted to invest in my physical health and, and staying where I was, it didn't matter what they could, you know, give me financially. It, it, I felt trapped, and it was the worst in the spring. Come like April, May, when when the mountains would open, and it was I'd get horrible spring fever, especially with when I st- after I started running. When when I was 250, I was putting every bit of my energy into work, and I was loving it. I was having a great time, but once I started losing weight, I started realizing there was just way more than this going to work and giving everything to a you know a corporate, you know, (laughs) a corporate scheme, you know, that's how I kind of felt. So, and I just, I didn't want to do it anymore.
0: I guess I asked you how risky it felt to start these up. And I think what you just said is, well, it was less scary than staying.
1: It was, yes. I mean, it was definitely less scary than staying. I definitely didn't have another choice. I needed to do something different. I just was not happy where I was at. So I actually quit the corporate job. We moved out of the, you know, uh, out of the house and into a storage unit and onto the road. And then, okay,
0: uh, I thought literally the family was living in a storage unit. I was like, that's interesting.
1: No, no, no. (laughs) We put everything into the storage unit. (laughs) And, uh, and And then my wife took a teaching job in Colorado Springs. So we moved to Colorado Springs and she 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 taught for the first few years so and like i said ultimately i was going to be a teacher and and just be a teacher with her and and i was going to coach cross-country but i stumbled into the into the race directing thing and and then ultimately um i i told my wife denise hey look i need more help i've got too much going on I either need to cancel some of these races that I have or you need to quit your teaching job and help me full-time so and and the only way that we could do that financially was is if we again moved back into our camper and so we we moved back into our camper again oh uh, geez that was like two years ago two and a half years ago and hit the road for for an entire year so in order to make mad moose, you know, what it was today. We, she quit her job and we moved into the camper and just invested everything that we had into the series. We traveled from race to race. We went, did expos all over the country and just spread the word that we had, um, this new trail series and in, in Utah and Colorado.
0: So how many events are you currently
1: this year putting on this year? We did 17 and next year, we have 20 already because we acquired I, I, we acquired the Red Hot this year, um, and and a Massa, and so um, we'll we'll be hosting those two events um, in 2020, and then we've got a new 24 hour event in Moab that we started that'll actually be on Halloween, so which should be kind of fun. So we'll have 20 and and we are working on one other one, um, and we'll have more information on that event probably in November or December, but. Uh, We've got another 50 mile, 50 K, 30 K coming for, for June. Wow. So
0: you're currently at 17. That's moving to 20 and then going to go to be more than 20. What number were you at when you told your wife, Denise, like, yo, I I need some help over here. We had eight. (laughs) We had
1: eight. (laughs) So, and and, 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 and and the and the thing was is we did we we started a few others and then shortly after that my brother wanted to be involved he was a teacher in Saudi Arabia and he had just come home and he was going to take a year off and and so he was like working with me so ultimately we started more because he came on and so it's just been kind of a a snowball effect where it was just <laughs> we've just been starting more and more and acquiring more and more over the last few years and that's really all we've done for the last four years is. We're just constantly looking for new new opportunities. How many do you think you guys could do? It's kind of a joke because everybody jokes because ultimately I'm usually the one that makes the choice whether we're going to host new events. And I always say we're done. And then like two <laughs> weeks later, I end up acquiring other ones. Um, but recently I've said 30. So I think I think we could do 30. Wow.
0: Okay, so let's talk about putting on a good race
1: first of all what makes a
0: good race
1: uh it just i mean for us personally we it all starts with the course i mean you can't just throw together anything um and expect people to come so everything that we have hosted is something that we would run ourselves and uh, you know it's some a race that we would be interested in running if we weren't directing it ourselves and, and that's that's the start of it there is just having uh, a great place to host runners it's it's not just all with, only about the trails it's about uh, you know the town that you're hosting in and the opportunities for lodging and 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 sightseeing before and after the event and and things of that sort so you know location is is really the biggest thing and then all the little details of you know you know good course marking and and shirts and all that stuff those are those are important as well, and they all play a role. But if you don't have a, a good, you know, good product, nobody, nobody's going to want to come.
0: I, I take it a metric you're interested in is how many return runners you get. I don't pay attention to retention rates. Oh, you don't? Okay, that <laughs> stuns me.
1: I could. I pay attention to. Um, my overall numbers for the event, but I I don't uh, pay attention to returning runners. So at least what my numbers are, because the one thing is, is it would be hard to tell, especially in Moab, because I have 10 Moab events. So just because they didn't run behind the rocks this year, you know, it's hard, they may have run my arches event or my dead horse event. And so uh, it's, it's hard to tell like who's actually, you know, I mean, I could figure those numbers, but I don't think it really plays a key and you know, the overall success of the race. I do think that our retention rate is pretty decent because I mean, my numbers are going up. So um, yeah.
0: So your numbers are going up. Is that just a sign then that more and more people are either getting into running or it's the same number of people running, but that people are becoming more open and more interested in participating in events? How do you see what's happening in this landscape of running?
1: Well, I mean – I, there's definitely a lot more runners coming into the trail and ultra scene and some of them are coming from the road scene um, And I definitely see the popularity of our road events uh, are, are it's going you know, it's going down a little bit or leveling out whereas the popularity for trail and ultras is is going up now the numbers aren't some of the numbers from say ultra running magazine are saying that the sports in kind of a, a plat has hit a plateau, especially ultra running. So, um, I think our numbers are going up because we host good events in good places, <laughs> and and we try to pay attention to all the details, um, because we're runners ourselves, and you, you know we run a lot of events. It's not just you know, I'm I'm at it's some sort of a running event every weekend. So I host 20 weekends are filled with my races. The other weekends almost always are filled with either another event or a cross country meet or something of that sort of group run. So, uh, you know, there's, it, it's just, we're always out running. So we're always just part of everything. So we know what people are looking for. I think that's why our numbers are going up is cause we, you know, we're, we're putting, we just love running so much and, and and we're just involved with it all the time. What's the shortest race you're currently putting on? We have a couple, we, we've got a couple 5Ks and we've got some, uh, we've got some trail races that are like four mile races. Oh, we've got a bunch of, I mean, we've got, like I said, we've got everything from 5K to 105K. Trail, Road, Ultra. We got—we we have a little bit of everything. We even have women's only events. So we've got a, a road event that's Thelma Louise, our women's only event here in Moab. It's a half marathon on the road. And we've got our new Valkyrie trail races that we're going to be doing in 2020. It's just kind of a remix of uh, an event we had in that same location, same park and everything. But we're making it a women's only event in 2020. So, I mean, we've got everything. If you want to do running other than like track and cross country. So we don't have any, any of those currently. So you
0: said you got into this race director game because you wanted to be outside more and you wanted to be running more. So what does this balance look like putting on 20 ish plus races a year and still trying to train and maybe race yourself?
1: Ultimately, looking at it from wanting to quit my job and doing it full time, I thought for surely that I would be a better runner than when I had like an eight to five job, and and even then I never had an eight to five job. I was working sixty hours a week, and I was living out of a suitcase on the road, and uh, I still thought that I could be a better runner when I when I was doing you know trail race direct you know race directing events, but yeah. I learned quickly that that's not the truth. (laughs) It is easier to have like a consistent schedule at work so that I could be consistent with my running. And it just, (laughs) it didn't, it didn't work out. So I figured it out a little bit more this summer and, and I've done a better job, but it's hard to have, um, be consistent with my current training, directing all these events.
0: Because I would assume with these events and the number that you're doing, your job is primarily just putting out fires. Is that fair? We've switched metaphors. We went from cat herder to <laughs> fireman.
1: <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much all it is. Yeah. We 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 mark all of our own course. So my brother and I and my wife, we mark... Every bit of every single course, and so we do get an opportunity to get out there and do that, and then, you know, sweep at the end of the day. So, um, I do get to get out on the trails, but um, yeah, on race day and even the day before, that's pretty much all I'm doing is putting out fires, and and I'm not your typical race director where I'm usually just standing at the finish. I'm I'm hardly ever at the finish line. Where are you? I'm usually emptying the trash. And, okay. <laughs> and, and making sure the enchiladas are going well and, you know, and the food is going good. And I, I'm kind of an introvert. And so I kind of just hide behind Mad Moose a little bit. Unlike some race directors who are out front and present all the time. I, I like my, I, I, I stand back a lot more and I'm a little bit of an introvert. So I, I prefer to work. Um, and I prefer to, you know, get out on course and make sure the aid stations are running well. And I prefer to, like I said, take out the trash, <laughs> put okay. the trash back in kind of thing, you know.
0: <laughs> Cat
1: herder, fireman, garbageman. Pretty much, yeah. Ultimately, the, I explain it is, I really am like a construction worker to begin with. Because that's all I do for a week is I build finish line, I build, I build tents, I build out the course and set up all the aid stations, and and then ultimately have to clean it all up and take it all down, and um, and and I deal with the the the, the race day logistics, but ultimately the best way to explain it is I really it's like construction work, <laughs> but <Fair> running, enough. <laughs>
0: but but running. Uh, do you currently have a
1: favorite race to put on? I like, I like, I like all of them. And that's really the problem that I have. I, I would say if I had to pick Pike's peak ultra is probably one of my favorites because it's what I always envisioned 10 years ago is like how I would, I'd start a running store in Colorado Springs and then I would start this trail series or road events or whatever it was going to be. And Pike's peak ultra was the first one. And so um, I, I, I like that one a whole lot. And we acquired a, an event series. It was two races and one was the classic 10 K and I ran that event. I want to say in like 92 or 93. And I ran it back in, you know, the, you know, 2009, 2010. And it was the first place I ever ran under 31 minutes for 10 K and it, it, We directed this year, and I will have to admit I had so much fun. Um, It's a lot easier to put on a 10K, you know, that you say go, and it's over a lot quicker. But, uh, yeah, if I had to pick two, I probably would pick Pike's Peak Ultra and Classic 10K are my two favorites to direct just because of, you know, I've got history with those two.
0: You talked about how you have – kind. you said, I think, early in this conversation, like, You've sort of run it all in all the distances, but that's not quite true, right? I think to date, your longest race is 100k. Do you have designs on ever getting around to a 100 miler?
1: I do. I do. It's funny that you asked that. I am actually registered for the Leadville 100 on Saturday, but no will, way will not be participating. No. <laughs> Wait. And, wait. Yeah. What's <laughs>
0: Can I I can I try to talk you into this in like 2 minutes. It's probably like really not going to happen, but <laughs> tell
1: me this story. What's going on? Oh, we like I said before I acquired the the Moab races and I just have not been motivated to run and just haven't had the time for the last 2 years, but uh I got into Leadville this winter and I thought, oh, it'll for surely motivate me to run. And I just wasn't motivated. And then in June, we went to Leadville and just all of a sudden I was motivated to train and I started training and and was like, yep, I'm doing Leadville. And that lasted, oh, like three weeks. And (laughs) and I was like, "This this is not realistic for me. Um, so I, my son's a senior in high school and this is his last year of cross country. And so I ultimately decided that I didn't want to do Leadville because it was going to take too much out of me. Um, and I wanted to put that energy into cross country and there's always next year. There's always next year. And, and, (laughs) and I've been saying that for a really long time. I saw my dad run Leadville in the nineties and, uh, he ran the first event in 94. So it's actually 25 years from the first day that he ran it. And he ran it four times. He never finished. And it's just, it just is the event that I've been saying for a really long time. I wanted to run.
0: Interesting.
1: Well, if we
0: get these 30 races of yours up and off the ground, maybe, maybe at that point you'll have run out of excuses. It'll be time to stop, you know stop dodging Leadville
1: yeah <laughs> it, it, every year like I said I've been saying that I'm gonna do it and I just haven't rushed into it because I think as a young kid I saw you know the suffering that that those people were going through a hundred mile distance and so I knew at a very young age how horrible it was <laughs> <laughs> and was kind of like, mm, there's plenty of opportunity and plenty of time for that. There's always another year. So, yeah, I, I turned 40 in February, and so I'm, I think next year, I, I, I've been saying that every year in August, next year for sure is the next year, but next year is is the next year, and I'm definitely going to run it next year unless there's some sort of an injury or major issue. So, um, yeah, next year will be the year. But I'm going out there this year. Uh, my brother's running on saturday and hopefully he gets that finish I, I i know he will and he'll be the first one to finish leadville after giving it he'll be the fifth one to try it, or you know fifth try hopefully you know hopefully he finishes that this weekend so we're all going out there to support him which should be pretty fun that's great how are you as a coach how am i as a coach <laughs> i mean i get a lot of people still asking me to coach them i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but uh, I did the online coaching for a little while when I first started the uh, Mad Moose. It's just kind of an, a, another way to, you know, make it work. And and ultimately, I just got too busy with the races. But I still coach. I still coach my two kids, and uh, I coach. You know, I coach myself, and I help my brother out a little bit. And then I do have one other athlete, Ryan Golden, that I coach. He uh, went to the Deaf Olympics in. Europe this past winter and represented the U S and, uh, he, he did pretty well. So, um, and my daughter is the, she swept the distance races as a sophomore in Utah. She won cross country. She won the 800, the mile and the 200 last year. Wow. So, and I coached her to that. So I would say I'm not too bad. You got some chops. Yeah. Wow. I've worked, I, I, like I, I worked with, uh, I, I came from really great coaching. And I had an an opportunity to, I've, I've coached a lot of state champions. I coached state champions at multiple different schools. I even had an opportunity to work with Bailey Roth, the, the spring that he broke the, uh, 30 something year old 2k and 3k junior steeplechase national record. So I got to work with him. And so I've been, been involved with, you know, some of the better coaches around and I hope I've learned a little bit. Yeah. So,
0: what's your advice to your brother? If we've just got to get this finish, so what's the biggest thing you're telling your brother right now?
1: Oh, just that Leadville is super runnable, the last part, and that he should save some legs for that last section. So he, he's 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 trained pretty hard the last year, and he's in pretty decent shape. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. So. But I know ultimately his his ultimate goal is just to get a finish. So,
0: are you gonna be doing any
1: pacing? Yeah, I'll be pacing. Uh, I'll be pacing twenty five of the fifty, and then uh, Denise will be his crew chief. We 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 worked with him. Uh, we helped him out at the Ute One Hundred. He did the Ute last year as his first hundred okay. mile. So he's. He just didn't learn anything as a kid, maybe because he was younger than me and wasn't paying attention or anything. So, But he's already knocked down 100 mile race and hoping to do another one, you know, finish another one this weekend.
0: <laughs> Getting shown up by the younger brother here, man. This is next year's your year. <laughs> yeah. Next yeah. year's your year. This is kind of remarkable. Like literally the entire family seems to be super into running
1: yeah yeah we we really are uh i mean we wake up every morning together and go for a run so we we spend a lot of time together running and it's and given us a lot it's opened a lot of opportunities for us and it you know it's built a lot of uh family you know a good family bond so
0: you mentioned that of course in your own story you kind of got to college and and got burned out And I guess I'm curious whether you learned, you know, as you relate to your own kids, if you are taking anything from your own experience in terms of how you are relating to them or trying to, you know, I presume bring them up and have a healthy relationship to this sport.
1: Yeah, I definitely learned a lot when I was younger and and looked back on it and I mean, there were so many other factors of how I got burned out into the running deal, but um, I I, I saw at a quick age, I, I wanna say my daughter was eight at the time. We took her to the junior USATF track meet and she was 10th in the nation. It was like 103 degrees and I saw how hard she ran. And I basically have not let them compete since. They really did not compete in middle school. I let them run a couple little like local trail races here and there. My son didn't even go to school. We were on the road for the first year of his freshman high school. So he didn't even run his freshman year in high school. And, you know, when we came into uh, into Utah, I knew that my daughter was going to do very well at the state meet uh, from the beginning. And And I just told her from the beginning of the season, like, we're just here to have fun. And there's just, there's just no reason to set any expectations for yourself, no matter how good this first race goes. We're not going to allow you to like start trying to figure, you know, like playing, you know, let the stress of being a high school runner get to her. And, and we kind of set a pat, you know, an an idea that like, Hey, we are going to have fun for the first couple of years. and, and this year, as a junior, if you want to be, you know, a little bit more competitive, you want to try a little bit more. Then we can we, we can put a little bit more energy and a little bit more focus to it. But we really have kept them both of the kids uh, away from competitive sports. And my son is no slouch either. He was he was six at the cross country meet and ran 10:06 for the two mile this spring in track. And so he's a great runner himself. Um, and so we try not to take it very seriously and we try to it's really just fun for us so we like climbing big fort, we like climbing mountains and 14ers and we just enjoy being outside and running and so yeah i have definitely tried to keep them shielded and guarded from it there's a whole i mean just from our races you can run till the day you die there's plenty of opportunity to be competitive plenty of opportunity and, and being trying to be competitive when you're 10 to 15, 16 is not super healthy. Okay. I'm
0: super interested in this notion of the daily family runs. What time do these happen at?
1: Oh, you, we live in Moab. So it's like a hundred. So it changes during the year. So we're up at six now. So the alarm goes off at five forty-five, and we're out the door at six o'clock. And, and, uh, we get out there during the winter time, it's just different, but it just depends on the schedule. So, and we all start at the same spot and we come back to the same place and it, it's fun. We always call it run camp, especially during the off season. And it turns into kind of a competition every day. Every day I'm trying to beat up on the high school kids and every day they're trying to beat up on me. And so uh, we're we're always pushing it and having fun and it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun okay. energy, yeah. Who,
0: who is you? You got to be honest here. Who is most likely to be like, not today? Come on, not today. I do not believe that everyone is equally enthusiastic about getting up and heading out the door at six a.m. every day.
1: Oh yeah, if, if anybody's the least motivated, it's either me or my wife, Denise. <laughs> uh, but I, I like this summer. We're on, we're currently on a straight. The end of this the end of this week we will have done kids included Denise included all of us will have done ten straight weeks without taking a day off. I wanted to take a couple days off during that ten day streak, and neither one of my kids would let me. We even went out a couple times in the afternoon because we were. I convinced them like, hey, we really shouldn't run today, and mostly for my because <laughs> I didn't want to go running. Not because we really didn't need to, but they forced me out of you know. Out at you know, four or five o'clock in the afternoon to get, you know, four or five miles just so we could continue the streak. So, if anybody's motivated, it's the two of them. And ultimately, they're the future of Mad Moose because once they graduate from high school, they're gonna be working with us full time. And they already do a ton, and um, they'll be they'll be in it full time after that. So
0: you mentioned. Leadville 100, hopefully next year. I'm curious whether you have kind of a dream race.
1: I think the only one's Leadville. It's the only one. I mean, I the 100K that I ran was Bandera. I got a golden ticket to get into Western States. I turned it down, and I actually didn't even have to think about it. I didn't really even have any interest in running Western. I really... The only race that's really left is Leadville. Uh, I, it's, it's the only, I mean, it's been there. Like from, from an early age, I always wanted to do it. So, I mean, I I'm sure, I want to go to Europe. Sure, I want to run some cool Europe races. But I don't see, there's not like one specific one that I'd like to do. Talk to me a little
0: bit about your upcoming schedule. I, I know, I mean, I believe I have this right in, is it near the end of September you've got an event here in crested butte
1: yeah yeah it starts there at the resort we've got a a 105k and a 55k there at i mean you know you live in town it's a it's a pretty incredible place and uh it's a pretty sweet course the 105k course for surely is is definitely one of the better distances of courses that we host of all the races that we do so I mean that that event's pretty 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 nice. And then we kick off our our Moab season in October with a road event Arches Half. And, and then we come back to Gunnison for Sage Burner, 50k there at Hartman Rocks. So that's what our next next little bit looks like. And then and like I said, our Moab season kicks off in October, and then we're busy all winter long.
0: I said that I was gonna ask you for maybe some tips about organizational efficiency, what have you learned in terms of when you've just definitely got too much going on, what kind of things have you learned to cope with the fact that it's basically impossible? Uh,
1: (laughs) I I just do the very best I can to get ahead because especially with being a race director, it's not a question of... If there's going to be an issue that arises, it's just a matter of when, and I can't have like a whole bunch of other things going on. I got to be ready to handle that situation. So I, you know, I just try to stay ahead of things and (laughs) just stay focused on the ultimate goal. It's, you know, it's, it's easier said than done.
0: Are you, are you good at delegating responsibilities or you, do you tend to be pretty hands on with kind of everything?
1: I'm a little of both. So I learned the last job I had, you know, I was I was managing 10 stores and I had 60 coworkers and I was managing a whole bunch of stuff. So I am really good at delegating, but at the same time, I really like to lead by example. I like to get in and I, I'm never gonna be the one, if you ever come to the events, I'm never standing on the side. I'm always the first one to lift, you know, anything. And I'm the last one to stop working usually. So, um, I, I'd like to lead, you know, by, by example and getting out there and and getting it done. I, I'm I'm a good delegator, but yeah, I, I, I feel really bad just standing around. I like working keeps me, keeps me busy. Well, listen,
0: Justin, it's really interesting to hear this story in your backstory. And, and I look forward to seeing you in, in Crested Butte, uh, my co-host on this podcast, Brendan Leonard, is pushing me to to run the CB event, and like you, and I now have you as an excuse. I might be, you know, dragging my my feet a little bit on this, but uh, you know, we'll see, and all in good time. That's that's the takeaway I've gotten from this conversation. It's it's just all in good time, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's always next year. You know, <laughs> there's there's something to next year, or if not there, I guarantee you, there's another event like next weekend. <laughs> oh man.
0: Well, we will see how this goes, but, but, uh, this is a, a pretty interesting, uh, line of work you got going. And, you know, obviously so many, many people have such great stories and experiences with the running community. And it's like, well, somebody needs to put on these events for, to bring those communities together. So, uh, you're, you're playing a pretty, pretty big role, uh, in this running community. And it seems like an ever increasingly bigger role.
1: Yeah. I try not to think about that. (laughs) I try not to think about that. I just, put my head down, you know, and uh, let the races speak for themselves and, and uh, (laughs) try to stay out of the light, you know, the spotlight as much as I possibly can.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess uh, we'll, we'll uh, leave you to yourself. We won't expect to see you at the finish line, but we will expect to see you taking out the trash and, you know, somebody's got to do that. And so uh, who, who better than you?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I'll be at the finish. I'll just be taking out the trash and filling the water containers, you know, so I just don't like to stand there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, Justin, thank you for the time. And, uh, this has been fun and best of luck. I am looking forward to seeing what, uh, what announcements uh, come forward in terms of the new events and, uh, yeah, best of luck with all of it uh, that you've got going on.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me on today.
0: That's it for this edition of off the couch. Thanks to Justin for the conversation And you can go to madmooseevents.com to learn more about which Mad Moose races are coming up. I want to say thanks also to Luke Alley for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. Until next time, keep moving forward, and we will talk to you again next week.